today's episode, we sit down with Brent McCorkle. Brent co-directed Jesus Revolution, and we had an opportunity to sit down with him again and talk about how the film's going. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Y'all plan on going on vacation this year in the ocean, swimming? Guys going to the beach at all? Going to Cancun. Cancun. Going to the beach on Saturday. Nice, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, Jacob, you live in Florida. That's yeah, like nothing for you. Yeah. We li- <laughs> in Kentucky, it means something when you go to the beach. You gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta, <laughs> you, just, you gotta wait for it. You just Plan skip it. down the road and you're there, man. Well, maybe this will give you a second, um, second thoughts about getting in the water. So apparently, last year, uh, this guy named Michael Packard was swimming in the ocean, and he was swallowed by a whale. For about 40 seconds, he was inside the mouth of the whale, thinking it's over. He So he's swimming. He says he feels like some something kind of shoved his back. A humpback whale accidentally swallowed him while he was drinking the water to get the, I guess, the krill or whatever they eat. And he says he was instantly dark inside of the whale. And he realized, well, he realized it was a whale. First, he thought it was a shark, and then he realized there's no teeth biting me. And then he said, after about 40 seconds in darkness, the humpback whale opened his mouth and spit him back out. Did he tell God he would go to Nineveh? Well, I was wondering if he found Geppetto down there, honestly. Interesting. But yeah, so he says he came. Uh, so some people saw this because they were on a ship while they were swimming and someone on the ship said that they saw (laughs) that when the whale spit him out, that they actually saw this guy Packard soaring through the air. He came, he, he quoted, I saw Mike come flying out of the water feet first with his flippers on and then land back in the water. So the, the, (laughs) the whale literally spit him (laughs) into the air. I guess he just doesn't taste good. <laughs> I, I maybe guess. Maybe he, maybe he, it's been a minute since he took a bath. So, you know. He yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just can't. I just can't imagine, like, I mean, I don't know. I've always been, you know, you always have in the back of your mind, you're in the ocean. Man, there's really big animals in here. But just actually being swallowed by a, a whale. That's crazy. No, like you, you see the movies like um, Castaway, how the mm-hmm. whale randomly comes up next to his boat, and then like, uh, is it like yeah, they're high, curious, right? Where there's like a the whale that comes up, like if that were to happen, I would freak out. That is a massive, like yeah. there is no way I'm just well, like swimming with the whale. Some of them are like the size of a football happen. field, right? Like they're huge. Yeah, I mean they're massive. Yeah, they're big. No, for sure. That'd be creepy. So, Chris, when you're in Cancun, just don't remember that story. Everything will be fine. Well, we had the opportunity to talk with Brent McCorkle again, just kind of catching up on how Jesus Revolution was doing uh, in theaters because it, it was obviously received well and it did really well. stayed in theaters a lot longer than most critics thought it would and performed really well. So we just had a chance to kind of talk with Brent, follow up about about the movie with him, and uh, and also got to talk about music because the first time we had him on the show, 
Uh, we talked a lot about the movie, which was great, uh, but it was cool to be able to talk with music because he also did the music for the film. And man, this guy, this guy's got good taste in music and his knowledge. And old school movies, which was pretty cool. And old school movies. I just, I know anybody that can go toe to toe on music knowledge with Jacob. I'm always impressed. So it was fun to be able to chat with him again. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. Let's get into it. Well, Brent, thank you so much, our our two-time guest. And you actually were just here like a few weeks ago. And um, we actually liked you. And so we wanted you back on the show. And uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> it's so great to be back, man. Thank you. So give us an update. Uh, Jesus Revolution just released this past weekend, and uh, we've seen some crazy things and what God is doing. And just give us a little update of what's been going on since then. Yeah, it's so awesome, man. If like the church really grabs a hold of a film, it's the word of mouth is just it's wildfire. It's, you know, uh, so that's really what's happened. Um, I think, I think you have to have a good movie. You have to have a great marketing team, but then you have to just be in the right place at the right time. And that just keeps you really humble because you can make a great movie, but it's, if no one's interested in watching it, uh, that's one thing. And then if it doesn't get marketed well, that's another thing. But, but if it, it's like when you hit that trifecta, you just end up being really grateful. Um, John Irwin stole a, stole a line from one of the execs at, at Hollywood, but one of the execs at, at, um, at Lionsgate says the greatest emotion you can feel in this business is relief. So, <laughs> so all of us are like, just, you know, you pour like, so you pour your heart and soul in this thing for like a year and a half, two years. John's got more in it than me. Cause he wrote it with John Gunn, but, uh, but yeah, we're all, we're all relieved. And then it can transition over into being really happy and celebrating. So everybody, I mean, the machine's still cranking. We're, we're just still trying to get the word out and talk to many people as we can, but um, it feels like we're going to have a great second weekend. Yeah. So it's been really fun. Um, like talking to you guys before we rolled, it's definitely a crowd, like a crowd movie and people get into it and cheer and clap and laugh really loud. It's actually the, the thing about it. I want to get out more to people is it's actually way funnier than you think it's going to be. It's like really, it's got a lot of comedy mm-hmm. in it, you know? So I really like that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great movie and we, we saw where it was, it's already, Basically, I, I mean, I guess your all's budget, it's already made that and more. And so and they were predicting, obviously, they don't, they don't give Christian movies a lot of respect. And uh, this movie has blown everybody by the water and everybody was surprised. I've, I've read several articles about how well it's doing. And so that that's awesome news. And that motivates, you know, these big movie production companies like Lionsgate and things like that to want to keep making these movies. And, you know. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. um, I think Hollywood is taking note because you had two really interesting, very disparate uh, movies come out this weekend. It was Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution. And Mm. the trades have had a field day. I don't know if you guys have watched any of the articles, but like these writers are so good. And like, you know, um, uh, yeah. So some of the titles and, you know, the the copy they write in these things. But the, the analysis is that cocaine bear and jesus revolution were made for very distinct audiences and there were films made for audiences and that's why they're doing good and i think hollywood's gotta wake up to that like there's a lot of different movies you can make and have a really great turnout but i think i think the tent pole movies are 
have a bit of a chokehold on cinema right now. And, and I like a great, I like a great Marvel film. I, I, I don't have any problems with it, but it's, it's just taking a lot of the oxygen out of the room. So it's nice to see a couple of small movies. These are both considered low budget movies, obviously by yeah. Hollywood standards, but to see both of them doing really well. Yeah, and we're having like are. a little bit of a, uh, a rivalry, but kind of a love fest, like uh, with some of the memes going around. And, oh, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. But, but you know, net, we would never just say anything uh, hostile or mean towards cocaine bear. We want him to come over to our side of, of love and, yeah. you know, acceptance yeah. and belonging so we're trying to we're trying to get the bear over on our side so we'll <laughs> my son said something pretty funny he goes dad he goes jesus revolution is a true story and so is cocaine bear whoa all in one weekend i'm like yeah cocaine bear <laughs> <It's a true laughs> <story."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it's true stories you know who knows but um yeah no it's just cool to see these niche films like doing so well and catching hollywood off guard because in both cases they misestimated the films uh by a factor of two to three so cocaine bear and jesus rev outperformed outperformed by two to three x on both movies so pretty exciting man honestly i'm i'm excited uh for this this uh message to hollywood i guess um with these crazy films going in two different directions but the crazy films going in the two different directions are saying a similar message back to to hollywood which i think it's going to be great for a faith for the faith space Sure. Oh, by the way, before we get into the rest of things, Brent, I actually checked out the last time we talked, uh, you had mentioned how you wanted to put a deep cut Queen song, Jesus, on the movie. And I actually went and looked it up. Man, I've probably listened to that song 40 times. Isn't it like cool? Weeks ago. Dude, that guitar solo and that riff and just the story and the way it unfolds. Man, I have listened to that song a ton. You know what? Thanks for the wreck. You know what it is? It does kind of exist in it because I was so obsessed with that. Uh, we put we put that piece, that guitar solo, the that part. We put that in as temp score for when uh, Greg is running out in the into the rain and it's all chaos and he's high on drugs and he doesn't yeah. know he's up. We put that in there just to kind of give it that that really energetic, chaotic feeling. And then mm-hmm. I use that feeling to create my score. So. Technically, you know, it that's that track yeah. did help us when we were temping the score. So, uh, but yeah, the, everybody should listen to it. It's amazing because uh, everybody was getting in on it. You had Jesus is just all right and spirit in the sky and all this. And so it was Queen's answer to that. And they're just, hey, let's just write a song about Jesus. And if you if you look at it, it's almost pulled word for word from scripture. And it's just a sweet little movie about Jesus, you know, and um, but I mean, song rather. Sorry. But uh, but it's also a bop, man. It's like. It's like it's a deep B cut, but it is like a very cool Queen song. Yeah, I never until you mentioned it the last time we talked. I'd never heard it before. Like I've heard some I, stuff by Dylan uh, and some other uh, like other songs that you know whatever, but I've never heard Queen. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I I would never have found it if I wasn't like you know doing deep cut research for for the film. Maybe so. if you guys release an extended version of the film, you could add that song to the movie. Yes, man. Yes. I wonder if I could talk Lionsgate into bonus track or something. It's like, oh, for your added extending, you know, viewing. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. So uh, the (laughs) other day uh, you were messaging. We were messaging back and forth on Instagram. We were talking about wanting to chat uh, 80s CCM movies. I think you even mentioned beekeeping. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we'll get into it. Uh, What? What was your what were the eighties like for you in music? Like when did you first kind of fall in love with music? Who were those artists that you began listening to? Like what's your 
uh, childhood? What's the nostalgia music for you? What makes you, what ticks those boxes? Oh, I'm such an 80s kid. I yearn for 80s radio because it's hard to describe, but I remember, I remember distinctly, it would be Cindy Lauper, then it would be The Cars, then it'd be Def Leppard, then it'd be Quiet Riot. Then it would be like the Thompson twins. It was like everywhere, man. It was, it went in every crazy direction. It was just like a free for all out there and it was all considered pop. So Def Leppard could get a, a cut on and then it would be you too. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's so siloed up now. Everything is siloed, even CCM, but there was this beautiful moment in the eighties where it was just wild, wild west on top 40. <laughs> And I just, oh man, I love it so much. So yeah, just the stuff that trips my trigger is just all the eighties, uh, top 40 pop stuff. I mean, I just, Lots of synth. I, oh yes. And then all the synth wave is coming back now and you can yep. hear synth wave on what I did even on Jesus rev. I mean, it's kind of where I live. So I, my, I got my profit right here. It's an old Moog and, or no, I'm sorry. That's a sequential. Um, and then yeah, I've got a Moog over here and all my pedals. I, I really love like analog vibe and, um, and all the synthesizers and stuff, but that's what I grew up on, of course. And so, um, so yeah, man, it's cool to see synth wave coming back and like, it's a retro kind of, you know, synth 80 sound the weekend mm -hmm. does it really well on some yeah. of his, you know, so there's kind of Neo eighties thing happening, but those, yeah, the police, U2, I'm wearing my U2 shirt right now. Uh, Joshua tree, this, this record changed my oh, yeah. life. Yeah. One of, I don't know. It, I think I heard, I think I felt how spiritual it was being a little kid growing up in the church. I think it resonated with me on a similar frequency of where I was at. And yet it was, um, it wasn't overt. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't trying to preach at you. You know, it was just a, just good music, you know, and I, I, but it came from like a similar energy frequency that I was used to, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the Joshua Tree changed my life. I mean, I think I think this record yeah. set me on a path for sure. One of Chris's uh, yeah. songs from the '80s really changed his life. And even though it's not a Christmas Christmas season, uh, Chris loves the song "Last Christmas" by Wham. I mean, that's his all time <laughs> favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> it's my did you favorite. did you hear about? Did you hear they did? Uh, like a movie about it and it's like a literal it's like a literal movie so it's like uh it's like a heart transplant movie so last oh christmas i gave you my no heart mercy. you know so that, it's not that yeah, surprising it's kind of like christmas shoes almost the movie no. <laughs> yeah yeah no so they did yeah they did that song uh a movie you know about the the lyrics of that song so that's pretty funny there's a reason why i haven't heard of it <laughs> <laughs> oh but man i mean wham Wham and George Michael, man, they had some, they had some bops, man. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you're talking about how that sounds kind of coming back. So the other day I was cleaning out my car and I had Duran Duran on. We have an aunt that growing up, she always played Duran Duran. And so I got really into them and I didn't realize they were an eighties band until a little later. Someone was like, Oh, they're from the eighties. And I was like, well, that's just what I grew up listening to. So I always loved them. Well, I had them on the other day in my car. And my son was listening to it and he was like, is this a new band? Oh, like, what? This song is cool. I was playing Hungry Like the Wolf. And he was, oh. like, he was like, this song is cool. Is it from like a new movie or something? And I'm like, oh, yes. That's all awesome. back. <laughs> my kids love 80s and they asked me what the 80s was like. And 
I don't know, man. It was a really, for me, it's just a very special decade. I don't know if I'll ever get back there, but like, I'm like, the, like we're real nostalgic for all the eighties movies, all the eighties Canon. Yeah. You know, I've taken them through so many of those movies, all the different genres. And, uh, they're like, is that really how it felt? I was like, it felt better. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, just, I'm so nostalgic for the eighties. I think it's the greatest decade ever, but yeah, Duran Duran. That's so interesting. Cause I remember seeing, um, MTV came online in the early eighties. Like mm -hmm. it just came online. You turn the TV on and there's MTV and you're like, what is when they this? actually played Whoa! when I mean, they actually played music. That's correct. And it was just wall to wall music videos with hardly any commercials at all. If any, I, I can't remember, but, um, but I remember the first Duran Duran encounter I had was uh, Reflex, and it was like a big live, big live music video, and they 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 uh, animated a giant wave like pouring down, and then like water rained on the whole crowd and the band. I mean, it just blew our minds. We'd never seen anything like that. We were kids, so and of course the Thriller video like broke the world. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it was uh it was a fun time, man. But I. I loved, I loved it all. And I think it gave me a really eclectic appreciation for all kinds of different music, but I'm definitely a pop kid. If you, if you listen to my, my scores, they're all pop. They're all so simple. Like a child could play the chords. They're just, it's just simplicity. And it's because of my love for pop. It's like, I try to make it as complex as I can within the simplicity. And I think that's what great pop is. If you listen to like the weekend or imagine dragons or, you know, any of these guys doing pop it's like it's simple in a way but it also has a beautiful complexity to it like the joshua tree record i i feel that as well it's like so much it's like cooked in a lab with so much care and love but it's like takes yeah. a lot to cook it you know even though it's one four five with a few minor chords you know it's real simple chordal structures and so that's really where like i'm kind of telling off on myself but that's definitely what that's yeah. my engine yeah. drives all my scores for sure the simplicity of of good no, um, I went and saw um, you two. It was a, few, it was a couple of years ago, a few years ago, maybe. Uh, I think it was the jo it was like a Joshua Tree tour that they were doing. Yeah. Um, and I actually saw them here in Louisville, and then I went, flew up to Pittsburgh and saw them again the same year, same tour. And uh, I just remember like there there were some songs that they would play, and it was like every you, you could look left and look right and everybody was just like <laughs> tears in their eyes like just like this feel good like gosh yeah. this is it yeah man it's uh it's i don't know i dare i say like a holy experience you know for me it's a very sacred uh that record's very sacred to me he asked a lot of really fundamental social justice questions but you also connect yeah. with, you you connect with uh something i think beyond even your heart. I, it's always been very spiritual. And I just had some amazing moments with that record as a kid. And, and also, man, um, I don't know. I, I have always grappled with, and, and, you know, I've maybe I've come across like I've had a chip on my shoulder, but I was like, wow, okay, these guys are, these guys are in Christian thought. They're trying to get Christian thought out, but they're like, they're going to get in the rock and roll hall of fame. I mean, they're at the top of their game. They're making like the most incredible music ever. And yeah. I think that really showed me what was possible. It's like, they're the Sistine Chapel of pop music, you know? And uh, I think it encouraged me to keep pushing and not be satisfied with where I'm at creatively or like where my chops are, because you can really, you know, you can get to the top even with some sort of like Christian thought or spiritual thought. And you too, I think showed me 
as a kid that it was possible. So I have a lot of, a lot of love and respect in my heart uh, for what those guys have done. And the, I mean, and rock bands, dude, with all the egos and the self-centeredness <laughs> and the narcissism, you know, they've, I mean, they've managed to stay together for, I don't 75 know, years, like I think. 50, <laughs> so, yeah, almost. I mean, it's probably not too much of an exaggeration, you know. So that just to see the original members of a rock band stay together, that's just that yeah. another oh, beautiful. That's what I thought about Duran uh, Duran when uh, I don't know if you watched any of the Rock and New Year, Dick Clark's Rock and New Year. Duran Duran played, and dude, they're so old. <laughs> he <laughs> was there singing and i was like bro you, I, I can't even like yes um but they I, I i think i remember i didn't watch the thing live but i think i remember seeing a clip and but you know they're old but i, I the clip oh, i saw still had it. They, they still rocked it they, they still had it it's like yeah. mick jagger he's like 110 and still going oh my gosh i think def leppard is doing stuff now again yeah yeah, I mean, it's just cool. Another it's beautiful cool pop album from the 90s. And uh, you probably will agree with me, Brent, but um, there's this amazing pop band called Hanson, and they had this song called Umbop. I mean, just so lyrically, beautifully written. Oh. I mean. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. um, they were just speaking in tongues, bro. It was spiritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> they relate to the Jesus Revolution game. <laughs> yes. Oh man. So, Brent, what was uh, what was church music like for you growing up? What was your church experience in the '80s? What kind of songs were you guys uh, uh, singing growing up in church? Was it pretty traditional, or did you have that youth pastor that introduced you to Petra or something? It was uh, it was in between that. It was always really square music to me, but it was as progressive mm-hmm. as the church would allow it to be. Sure. So, yeah. uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff I grew up playing. Well, I actually got to play some cool stuff. My when I first started playing piano, uh, there was a guy at our private school where I was playing piano in chapel, and he was writing songs. And a lot of the stuff he wrote was pretty rad. I mean, he was just an incredible piano player. So I got to I got to play some of that. But then at my dad's church. It was uh, the cutting edge stuff was like Maranatha. So it was like this really kind of yeah. fizzy uh, with like horns and, and strings and harps and stuff, you know, and, you, and in the wave yeah. background mixed like 5,000 feet back, you'd hear like a drum set, you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. So right. we would do the best that we could with it, but I was just happy to be playing. And like, um, you know, for me, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys are musicians or not, but just being able to read down a chart, you know, like a chart would mm-hmm. come out, like, oh, we're playing this song and you're looking at it going, okay, okay, it's this key. I'm not very good in this key. And okay, this will be a great practice. So anything that I could just sink my teeth into, I was really appreciative of. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was like the music I was listening to that I loved. And then the church that felt time warped back, you know, maybe 30 years and it's like, okay, great. But I get to, I got to read down charts and play in a band. And I was, I'm always very appreciative. I don't know if I got into this on the other interview we did, but I'm always appreciative of my upbringing because I got tons and tons of reps in as a musician in a safe space where I could fail and play the wrong chords and not get kicked out. You know, so yeah. if you look at shows like American Idol, um, uh, America's Got Talent, a lot of those kids have roots in the church and it's because it's a safe space to get some reps in. And so, 
so yeah, I can't bash it too much, but it always felt real square and like like way behind the times, even though it was progressive, sure. you know, for the church. Um, but I, I but at the time though too, there was Vineyard, you know, like Vineyard was playing more yeah. rock stuff, and uh, they were super progressive. But like I I wasn't in that. I mean, we definitely had um, we had electric guitars at our church, and we had electric basses and synths, and you know, but it was it was. Um, the songwriting and like how it was all produced and sound and uh, you know, the overarching arrangements and stuff was uh, it was interesting, you know, with the horn sections and <laughs> Did you ever get into uh, 80, like some eighties Christian rock bands like Petra or Striper. Oh yeah. I, um, yeah. I grew up in the buckle of the Bible belt and um, it was really wild what happened to me just culturally. So when we lived in Missouri, I could go to Halloween and I loved Halloween. I was kind of a darker kid, you know, and a goth <laughs> kid, whatever. So I loved Halloween, man. And then, you know, we moved to Dallas Fort Worth. It was like, no, you know, yeah. no harvest Halloween. festival, harvest yeah. festival. Hallelujah That's right. Nights. That's Hallelujah right. I started going to harvest festivals. Um, and that was, that was a painful part of my timeline, honestly, because my kid, my mom used to let my mom and dad used to let me and my brother go to the cinema in Missouri. But when we got to Texas, they stopped letting us go to the movies. That really hurt. It was a, uh, it was definitely a wound. And I think they feel bad about it, but they just didn't know what else to do. Cause they got in this culture that was just so like, it was, it was a lot more moralist and contained and like, you just didn't do anything that was considered vice uh, at all. Yeah. And, you know, cinema was considered vice mm -hmm. and, you know, Halloween was bad. So I had to kind of, I had to kind of roll with this new, new culture that was more strident, you know? Um, but the great news about all of that is they let me listen to CCM. So, um, yeah, so I was all about CCM, man. I heard Rust Half saying it just blew my yeah. mind. I was like, I want to sing like that guy. And, and if you, if you guys ever heard me sing, you'd be like, Oh, I can hear some Rust Half in that. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. he was my boy, like, you know, won a bunch of Grammys and, uh, but I loved Michael B. Smith. I loved, uh, Petra. I had a respect for Striper that because they were out just touring with rock, but they were good enough to play on the main mm. stage, quote unquote, like they really right. transcended CCM and they weren't really embraced by CCM anyway. Yeah. And like the hard metal, the heavy metal stuff, like was never really embraced even in the church at large. And so I, it was cool to see them find a life outside of that little silo and actually do well out there because they could shred, man. They were like very good. Um, so I, Yes, I loved a lot of CCM. I liked a lot of like you guys are gonna make fun of me, but I liked a lot of softer CCM, like when the when the talent was good. So um, I actually thought BB and CC Winings were like way oh, mega talent. Like, she yeah. can still. Sing. I would listen to them. And do it. Oh yeah, dude, they just they just ripped, man. Those guys were just so talented. So I, it again, that was an interesting thing that happened because it was also happening in CCM where it was just the wild west in the eighties. You didn't have it. Like now you turn it on and I just, I can't, it's all, it's just so repetitive. It just rolls me into a stupor. But like back then, you know, Michael W. Smith would come on then BB and CC wine and then crystal Lewis yeah. and, you know, just all different sounds and different bands. And um, I don't know. It's pretty rad, yeah. man. And there was a lot of good music that came out of it, out of it. Um, I loved honestly, man, <laughs> Again, I'll take all the flack from you guys, but I thought Amy Grant had some amazing records in the eighties. Uh, I uh -huh. loved Guarded. I loved um, Lead Me On. I thought I thought she was making some incredible yeah. stuff. I loved Michael Smith's Big Picture. Yeah. I don't know if you guys listened to that record, Great but that's my yeah. favorite. I got to meet Michael and actually work with him on this movie. Um, I don't know if you guys know that story, but I uh, I did the We Are One in the Spirit 
kind of reboot for one of the trailers and he heard it. And that was a song that they sang as kids in the Jesus movement. And he came up to me in tears and he's like, that's bro. That's amazing. That moved me. Could we maybe mess with the key or something? I would just like to sing on that and put it out as a little single. I was like, absolutely. What? Goodness. You know, like I was shocked. I, it was like such an honor and, and uh, it, it was surreal. Like I still, I still haven't processed it all, but, um, but yeah, so we sang on that. We put it out as a single and it was, it was it's really good, cool. We but, heard um, it. It's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought he did an amazing job. So um, so it's cool because he does this thing, and I, I hear it uh, on Big Picture, but he does his own delay. He puts it, he bakes his own delay into his track. So it'll be like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he'll back off the mic. I'm like, you know, I would hear it. You know, I'd, I'd, he'd send me the tracks, and they'd be dry. And I'd be like, wow, okay. And then I asked him about it. He's like, yeah, I just do my own delays. <laughs> so, so he did that on my track and it really blew me away. And it, it shocked me back to uh, to big picture because I can tell it. Rock it downtown. He's doing that on the mic, you know. Mm. So anyway, he's got some little clever tricks and uh, he was really fun to work with. We so. like uh, from the so, 80s, Rich Mullins and Brian Duncan. You know, those were two great. Well, Brian Duncan's still around, but uh, you know those are great artists as well. Dude, okay, really quick, you guys are gonna be kicked out of this. Okay, so in in Dallas Fort Worth, you have all these clean teens, right? All these squares that go to youth group and can't really do anything else. Well, they had this awesome little nightclub uh, at in Dallas Fort Worth. It's for Christian kids to go to, where there's like oh, no alcohol, no drugs, you know. Right. Um, and it was uh, it was awesome. It was awesome, but they would bring acts in that couldn't play like big amphitheaters and stuff. So funny story about Rich Mullins. I, I'd i never seen him before. I didn't even know what he looked like. So they had an arcade and I was playing, I was playing this arcade and somebody bumped into me and I looked and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, you know, sorry. And it kept playing, but it was Rich Mullins. So I actually uh, bumped into him in the, in the Footloose arcade. And then he came out and played the most incredible set. And he did, yeah. uh, he did. He had a stripped down band, so he did Screen Door on a Submarine mm, at that. Cups. Because, uh, you know, have you seen the new cut, all the cups? Yeah. That was the first time I ever seen it. But I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. And they would pass it, and the whole band would do it in a row. And they would yeah. pass the cups, and, and uh, they did Screen Door on a Submarine doing cups, and everybody's mind was just like blown, you know? So, but it was so cool to have that little, uh, that little Christian club for all the square, you know, youth yeah. children. And to we go had to. one growing up too called Club J. Club Jesus. That was the one that we went to. Club J. Okay. All right. That's a better name for sure. Um, but we saw so many cool, like, you know, you don't want to call them like second tier bands because they were awesome, but they just never pulled in a crowd. So it was like, I remember seeing Bashing the Code there. I saw Julie Miller, saw Rich Mullins, I think twice. I saw Cindy Morgan. Um, I saw a bunch of cool, smaller artists that were just as good you know belonged upon the main stage they just never tipped or never hit like some of the other bands yeah. uh, those are some of my favorite shows i went to because there might only be 100 150 kids in there but they're rabid fans you know to hang and it's it was so personal i saw charlie peacock there um mm -hmm. so yeah that was another That's great awesome. great cc artist so um kind of kind of on the same vein of music but kind of also going into movies what movies do you think what are your favorite soundtrack movies? Do you mean the score or the actual like songs you can sing along to? 
either one mm, okay that's, right. that's yeah that's, that's, a, that's a big differentiate yeah, that's it, a big difference <laughs> right, we'll, yeah. go with, we'll go with score what's your favorite uh movie score okay uh i can i can just start ripping ripping uh movies really fast i think I the know. interstellar score is just one of the most perfect pieces of cinema yes. ever created uh the how to train your dragon scores will bring you to your knees they are so incredible um the composer worked with Yancey, who's this amazing uh, Icelandic pop artist, crazy, crazy talented kid. Uh, and they collaborated and made these beautiful scores together. It's so whimsical and so spiritual, powerful, powerful music. Um, I love John Williams scores. Uh, they're fun to listen to. So uh, I think, um, believe it or not, for me, it's uh, it's Indiana Jones and the Last mm -hmm. Crusade. I think that's a John Williams score. And then pretty much anything Tom Newman has ever done. Um, <clears throat> Tom Newman has a similar approach to me where if I dared you guys to hum anything that Tom Newman, Thomas Newman ever did, you probably couldn't. He just gives you the feels like he sneaks in there and there's all this music working, but you never hear it. You just are like, why does finding Nemo like make me feel close to God? You know, <laughs> 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 like, emotion. You know what I mean? Uh, but like hum something from Nemo, like nobody can do it. But like, if you turn the score off in that movie, it would be so flat and everything. weird. Uh, but it just carries you all the way through the music in Nemo. It's just so spiritual. One of the Wally, one of the greatest scores, one of the greatest scores I think is Braveheart. I love that soundtrack. Yes. A, yes. Um, yes. I'm trying to think who the composer was on that. I think that James Horner, uh -huh. I believe that did that. Um, but yeah, James Horner, incredible, did Aliens, uh, did the first Avatar, very talented, very talented dude, uh, very emotional. Uh, trying to think of some of the old school guys. Um, yeah, I, for me, you know, if you desert islanded me, it would be Thomas Newman for sure. But um, but yeah, I just love, I love scores that take you to heartfelt places emotionally. Uh, there was a guy who was colder. He did he did colder music, but he was very cool. Unfortunately, died young, tragically, drug overdose. But Johan Johansson, he did Sicario. He did uh, he did the beginnings of the Blade Runner sequel. He did Arrival. Uh, pretty much all of Denny Villeneuve's uh, films, and he was just a talented, talented guy. But you know, he had he had some addiction problems, and we lost him early, so that was really tough. But he's very. Very crazy, very cool. Uh, the arrival soundtrack of his was was groundbreaking uh, with what he did. With yeah. that, really amazing. All right, so my like my favorite. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry, my favorite. Let's see if you. Oh, I already know, yeah. Chris. Yours. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't say. Um, the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. Oh score. man! Yes, that is yeah. like chill, <laughs> chills, tears. Um, that is an incredible, like, and I like how they mix in the musical, but dude, there's something crazy about that movie for me because, um, I just feel like they nailed the music because you cry, you weep, you move, you rejoice, you're happy. There's joy when he's like, um, what? No, 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 You're like, yes. You know, it's like, look at yourself. It's like, you're so encouraged. You're like, man, these are good words. You know, these are like touching my heart. But then when the, um. Then when like the black magic voodoo artists come out, by the yeah. it's like mm -hmm. I'm feeling like bad vibes right now. Yes. Man. Like, mm -hmm. It feels almost <laughs> like evil, you know. So um, yeah, 
So anyway, I love the emotional tapestry of that thing. Cause like there's real dark, dark, heavy stuff. And then yeah. that woman sings that lullaby. I still mm. sing it. I'll just be doing the dishes. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I was like, um, what is it? Deliver uh, us. Bum, bum. Yeah. Oh no. No, it's like, Hush, no, my darling, be scared. Yes. Don't cry. No, 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 no. Then it goes up. No, 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 no. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's so so I I was what, or I was reading a, an article or something about that soundtrack, and I can't remember who it was. Was it Steven Schwartz? Someone was um, was working on another movie, Mulan, the the score on that, and he got pulled over to um do the prince of egypt i think it was stephen schwartz um and in some of the songs of prince of egypt you can hear all of the um i can't remember what it was he studied some uh like a bunch of music for like you know mulan and then when he got pulled over he was still semi in that mind and you can hear some of the um stuff that culture and uh, of stuff like that in within Prince of Egypt. Interesting. I'd have to send you, but it's, it's, it was pretty cool. Cause he was, he was playing some of the clips and I was like, okay, I can hear like what he's talking about. Like, man, yeah. the ending of that movie, I was in the theater and it's probably the closest thing I could compare the ending of Jesus revolution to, but when it's like, Deliver us, zoom, and then zoom. Goes, yeah, wow, Prince of Egypt. Man, our our theater came unglued. I mean, people were so amped, man. It was so fun, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's an emotional. That is an emotional uh, toaster pastry right there for <laughs> yeah, sure. <yeah. laughs> Brent, what are what are some movies that are so bad that they are good? Okay. Uh, can I do TV shows too? No, please. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Um, no, uh, it's actually not a bad movie, but it's like, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but I love the pig movie, babe. I love it so much. It's so yeah. sweet. It's so sweet. Pretty, oh pretty man. I love pig. Oh, I, I love it. I think it's so good. Um, and I think, I think as far as good, bad, um, good, bad, bad as in just like, Mm, not like bad as in like rated R bad, but like bad as in. Mm. I, I think of I think okay for me I, I'll get it rolling. I think for me, um, I love the movie Hot Rod. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of people hate it, and I will right. laugh and quote it and watch it and watch it, and people be like, I don't get it. Why is that funny? And I'm like, it, I don't know. I just it's the best. why is it not funny? Yeah, why? <laughs> Culture, why? Yeah, culture missed the boat on that movie. That movie is so good. I, I, uh, know what, dude. There's a line. I think it's the greatest line ever written in my cinema. But it's when he's trying to beat up his stepdad at the beginning, and he's like, "Never sneak up on a man who's been in a chemical fire." Yeah. <laughs> it just makes no sense. Oh, one of mine so was uh, Howard the Duck in the '80s. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. kind of cringy, but it's a pretty good movie. All right. And Curly Sue. I don't know if you remember that movie with uh, Belushi, John Belushi, I believe. I am not familiar with either of those. But you never heard I, of Howard sure the Duck? I've heard of it. I just oh, never okay. saw it. Well, uh, you could probably buy it in the okay. five dollar bin at Walmart. So, <laughs> yeah, for real. 
Um, have you? Did you ever see Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? No. <laughs> it's a okay. So it was it was released before all the Sharknados, like you know Sharknado Part yeah. Twelve. Okay, so it was before it was one of those low budgets before that literally uses the same clip, but it's reversed image, yeah. like in the next scene. Um, super low budget, super cheesy, but I think it's a it's a great it's a great piece of cinema that's so that's so awesome man um my one of my good friends is really into uh b movies um and uh there was a movie that nobody saw but alamo draft house picked it up and found the 35 millimeter print cleaned up but it's called it's called miami connection but have Mm. you guys seen the meme it's these guys it's all these rock guys but they're like dressed in karate geese and they're in a rock band together and they're like friends for eternity have you guys seen it? <laughs> Have you guys seen it? It's so, it's so terrible. It's amazing. But these dudes that have karate geese on, and they're like looking at each other, like they're just vibing out. They're just singing about how great friends they are and everything, and they end up getting in like a fight with a college. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's I miss about living in Texas. Alamo Draft House would do that a lot. They would pick up stuff and just play it, and you, the, no one else does it like they do. Like finds those things and. Yeah, Miami Connection is actually my real good bad film because it's it's pretty poorly made. Um, and this guy just scraped together money and they shot it on 35 and it was his dream to make movies and it just it wasn't good. But yeah, you can almost feel the spirit in which they tried to make a good movie. It's like very fun and sweet and it has its moments. And um, but anyway, he had really gotten depressed and you know knew nothing was going to come of it and somebody at Alamo saw a cut of his movie and they hunted him down and he had a 35 print in his basement and they got it and rejuvenated it like converted uh, did a digital di on it and recolored it and fixed the music and uh played it in draft house and uh i highly recommend it if you guys are really if you guys really want to do a b movie that you'll walk away going you know production values were nowhere close to where they need to be but that was cool you know so that's probably <laughs> That's my real B movie of the group. Yeah. Another movie my wife is like, why do you like that movie? Is uh, the mannequin movies, part one and part two. Where the mannequin <laughs> comes to life, and then, yeah, those are great. Cool. <laughs> he said That's cool. <laughs> oh, oh, I have another one. I have another one. Did All you right. guys see this? Okay. Uh, it's a Disney film that the critics just murdered. Uh, I think it's so great. But it's terrible. Like, you, if I try to show people, they're like, bro. Why did you make me sit through that? But it's uh, it's called Condor Man. Um, did you guys ever see Condor Man? Wait, it can't okay. be as bad as Kazam with yeah. Shaq. <laughs> yeah, well, some people would argue it's worse. Um, <laughs> uh, they got Michael Crawford, who was a Broadway singer who would who did Phantom of the Opera and Hello Dolly. He was a big big Broadway guy, uh, and they got him to play the lead as this dude who draws comic books, but. The only way he'll put it in his comics is if it works in practicality. So he's kind of like a precursor to Tom Clancy. And so he would always, he had governmental friends and he would come up with these crazy contraptions, but it, it was, it's a dumb movie, but he was always testing his tech. Well, now I'm going to watch it because I just pulled up a picture of it on Google. And yes, that, I did too. That outfit is epic. Man, that <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to watch this thing now. 
Yeah, it's the it's the trash panda Disney Batman. Okay, so <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. I think it's great. Though, if you guys watch it, like Brent, I hate you. You're gonna DM me and be like, "Why, man?" You what know? was that so one movie? Kung Fu? Was it Kung Fu? Uh... Kung Fu yeah, Panda? That's a terrible movie. No, no the the one that's uh... you're oh. you're thinking of Enter the oh. Fury or Enter the F- Kung Fu Enter the F- Fury or Fist or whatever the yes. cow was fighting. Yeah, that's... yeah. That was a yeah, bad one. Bad one. <laughs> it was like early 2000s. Um, are you into sci-fi movies at all? I love sci-fi. Um, uh, I've been trying to get, you know, Kingdom Story Company, and that's kind of who I'm mostly plugged in with, but they do true life dramas, you know, and, and I, I can bring a lot of emotion to what I do, but my heart is in sci-fi. Like if, if we started talking favorite movies and stuff like sci-fi would be so much of that. I love the genre so much. You can explore actually a lot of spirituality, but a lot of deep themes. And um, I don't know. I find like, I find sci-fi is a great genre to go deep, but also just have the most radical visuals and, you know, just, yeah. it's, it's a really, it's a really fun wide genre to really play in and tell cool stories. So yeah, I'm, sci-fi freak i love it so much so what's your favorite star wars empire strikes back by far desert island me with the you know like take all the rest of the movies away uh um that's my that's my um i think that's my coming into film uh my dad (laughs) my dad is a very conservative very conscientious man like he's uh he had a little ice cream stand when he was a kid and he realized later in life, like in his thirties and forties that he never paid taxes. And so, <laughs> so he called Missouri and he was like, Hey, I owe some taxes, you know? And they're like, no dude, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know? So that's how conscious my dad is, but he didn't know what bootlegs were. So he came home one day with a, a VHS tape unmarked and he's like, Hey, a friend of a friend of mine has a movie theater and I don't know how they did this, but they set a movie camera up in the back and they recorded these movies. You know what these movies are? One's a, Empire Strikes Back and one's Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And me and my brother lost our minds. We're like, what? You know. So uh, if you guys look back, I think both of those got tied up in legal. And we didn't get Empire Strikes Back or or um, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS for a long time. I'm, I'm, you might check me on that, but I'm pretty sure. And so for years, it felt like me and my brother were the only people that had uh, those movies. Empire on uh on tape and we quit counting when we watched both of them 40 times and we kept watching <laughs> so i've probably seen raiders and empire probably 60 times each maybe maybe closer to 80 i don't know but uh mm. yeah i cut my teeth on those two movies we just watched them on repeat and we rewind and they were so terrible because they were bootleg vhs's so right the quality and the audio is terrible oh yeah yeah just shot at the back of the movie theater on vhs with all the you know with all the like lines you know moving and <laughs> tracking uh, we did not care. We did not care. So, um, so yeah, man, Empire Strikes Back, I think is, uh, I think it's the crowning achievement of the canon movies. I think, I think, um, it's just the Mount Everest of, of the canon movies for sure. Well, before we, uh, end this wonderful interview, let's play a game with you. Let's test out your, movie skills we what we're going to do is we're going to read a line from a movie from the 80s these are all 80 movies and you tell us what movie it's from oh man i hope i don't crash and burn but if i do it's fine (laughs) well the first one you you might know because you just might know (laughs) do or do not there is no try 
Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Jesse? Uh, can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Airplane. <laughs> Man who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything. It's the first Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. This next one is He Slimed Me. The first Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't. This next one's so easy. <laughs> Give me the easy one. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. <laughs> roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm going to purposely throw myself in the ditch on this one just, just to say I got one wrong. But I'm going to say Back to the Future 3. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you can count that as a one I didn't get right. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> um, see, there's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Dottie. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. I don't know that one. Wait, wait, wait. let me see guess. Is it um? Is it Lost Boys? No, no, I don't know it. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, Dotty, a rebel. So long, Dot. I don't know it. One, one mm. more hand. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I can't do it. I can't do the laugh. That uh, Mewie's big adventures. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I can't do the laugh. No, I. You know, I'm not familiar with. I'm not very familiar with that movie, honestly. Uh, okay. I don't think I ever saw it. Believe it or not. Well, I think I might have. That's another. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, bad, that's, bad, yeah, but that's good. shame on me because that's 80s canon for sure. I need to. 1985 is when that came out. Yeah, we need to. We need. That's a Tim Burton movie, right? I think so. I think Tim yeah, Burton. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I need to take the time and watch it <laughs> thank you for the hint you saved me you're welcome <laughs> the next one is it's not that i condone fascism or any ism for that matter isms in my opinion are not good a person should not believe in in ism he should believe in himself i quote john lennon i don't believe in Beatles. i just believe in me good point there after all he was the walrus i could be the walrus i'd still have two bum rides off of people I don't know it. I'll give you a hint. Well, no, that would be a big hint. <laughs> uh, when I don't go in. Day off. Yeah. Paris Bueller's Day Off. Really? Paris oh, I should have known that. Oh, shame on me. Shame on now, me. This is probably this is probably my favorite 80s mm-hmm. movie. Uh, this next one. Okay. You want to you want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. That is one of the most powerful monologues. I man, I get teary, dude. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, oh, Andy, my favorite '80s movie, man. Dude, when they drop that when they drop that score behind that, uh, man, that is a mm. powerful moment. Um, I want it, that guy to come to my house for Thanksgiving. Like I see that, and I'm like, you want to hurt me? Oh, my wife, she good. likes me. <laughs> oh man, John oh, Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of his stuff. Won't age well, but I think he was a genius, and I I I love his stuff. I 
it's his movies seem like shallow and fun, but he's actually actually grappling with some themes that I think are worthy to to spend some time on. But yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles, man. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a John Hughes fan for sure. Um, I don't even know this movie, so oh, Chris, come on, Chris. Was- Chris was born in 90, Brent, so <laughs> That's okay. this is all history to him. This is good. <laughs> um, can I ask you something? Is this heaven? It's Iowa. Iowa? Yeah. I could have sworn it was heaven. Is, this, is, is there a heaven? Oh, yeah. It's the place dreams come true. Maybe this is heaven. Is that Field of Dreams? Yeah. Oh, I do know this. I do know Kevin's this movie. Costner. This is the if you if you build it, they mm-hmm. will come. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a very interesting, very spiritual movie. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. It's just a magic realism. I love magic realism, and it's just yeah, it's just a wild, it's just a wild. Like they they don't ever explain it. They don't really ever yeah. explain what happened. It's <laughs> no. it's very uh-uh. cool. Like Radio Flyer. I mm. love that movie. Oh yeah. Yes. With the buffalo. Oh man. Yeah. Radio Flyer was tough. Mm-hmm. It was a tough got it got real, but it was uh the yeah. MLB uh, that was a little, a little uh, Elijah Wood, yeah. I think. A little, a little yeah, Elijah Wood. yeah. The MLB recently built a full size baseball stadium at the Field of Dreams site and they play like one or two games every baseball season at the Field of Dreams and the players, Brent, they come out from the cornfield or out of the corn like um, you know, the corn whatever you call that. They yeah, yes. that, Corn yeah, the cornfield. They come, the corn they field. come out of that, and they play the Field of Dreams intro music as the real MLB players are entering the field. They do it every time, and the first time they did it a few years ago, Kevin Costner was there to introduce the game, so that was pretty cool. Where is the corn? Like, is it fake? No, it's still there. I think they <laughs> grow it just because of. Yeah, so like, if area. someone like if someone just like smack, cranks a ridiculous home run, it's just out in the cornfield. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right. The last one is, and this is probably the Chris, us brothers' second favorite '80s movie. If if that thing had nine lives, she just spent all of them. I don't know it. Chris has got a favorite line, but he can't (laughs) say it. (laughs) Grace, Grace passed away 15 years ago. (laughs) Nope. Jesse, say your line. Why is the why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> we're just, no, we're just gonna keep saying lines. No, <laughs> no. Uh, will you say the blessing? I pledge allegiance to the flag. What? Say, do that one again. No, Grace passed away fifteen years ago. Not Grace. They want you to say the blessing. <laughs> And then she starts the national or the uh, pledge of allegiance. Pledge of allegiance. Nope. What else can we give him? I let you down. I'm letting you down on this one. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> national Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh man, dude, I'm not familiar with that film either. But dude, everybody loves that movie so much. Like it's really kind of it's having a resurgence. Everybody talks about it. It's like yeah. I think it's one of the most watched Christmas movies uh, yeah. of all time. So, yeah, I don't know it very good. Uh, Sorry. 
So Jesus Revelation Man, yeah. is, is doing awesome, and we're looking forward to you know the second weekend. And uh, what remind uh, our listeners what else are you working on or taking a break or you know what what's coming in the future? I'm pretty excited, man. I um I'm taking a writing assignment just to lay low at the farm. I have you know I'm married. I have five kids. All five kids are back home with me. A couple of them came back from college. I'm just saving some money, so. We're all here on the farm right now, and I have my animals, my dogs, my cats, my goats, chickens. I'm a beekeeper, and uh, bee season's getting ready to kick into full force where they they multiply rapidly and try to leave. So you're trying to stay ahead of them and get them in another basically like bee hotel so they get happy and don't leave you. You know, um, so uh, you're you're basically a glorified landlord when you keep bees and trying to keep them happy. Uh, but but I, yeah, I took a writing assignment and that's what I'm going to do for the next four months. I'm really excited about it. Um, and then beyond that, man, I think probably in, during that time I'm working on this, this rewrite that I got hired to do, I think I will be figuring out, uh, what my next movie is. And so I don't know what that is. Um, but I'm very appreciative of, of Lionsgate and, and Kingdom Story Company for giving me this opportunity with Jesus Rev. So, I mean, more than likely it'll probably be something with those guys again because um they took me to the prom so i'm gonna stick around yeah. and do a few more dances you know what i mean Re so. ready player three coming 2026 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah i'm laying low for a few months but i'll know i'll probably know what i'm doing here in four months or so cool brent well we appreciate you man yeah thanks for having me on again a good one all right yeah, absolutely take care guys well thanks again brent for sitting down with us and thank you, listener, for tuning in this week. Be sure to tell everyone you know about our podcast. We can be found wherever they enjoy listening to them. You can find us on all socials at Christian Music Guys. Be sure to check out our website, ChristianMusicGuys.com, to check out our latest blogs and see all of our past episodes. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.